We all know what we are struggling with as Christians. So but when you come to church and the word of God is preached, the word of God is taught, and you still go home, continue that preach the word as addressed in your life, you are in the process of having a hard heart. So, but God will help us. He will help us. I love the Lord with all my heart, you will say. But the fruit we are seeing is not showing that you are bringing forth fruit of repentance. Now, if, because if I just come to you and I say, uh, Brother Bernard or Brother Matthew or Mrs. Asakome, are you sure that you don't have a hard heart? <laughs> are you sure that you don't have a hard heart? Are you sure, sir, that you don't have a hard heart? Are you sure, ma, that you don't have a hard heart? I like our response. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Because it will shock you when God reveals to you that you have a hard heart. That even when sometimes as a, as a husband you tell your wife, don't do this because of this and this and this. And the spouse and the wife does it. <laughs> Just shake it. And she does it. That is a shade of hard-heartedness. I just like the way we all responded. Matthew chapter 3, let's start, let's read Matthew chapter 3 from verse 5. Or should we start from verse 5? Okay, let's start. Let me start from here. Let me, don't worry, let me start from here. In those days, John the Baptist came to Judean wilderness and began preaching. And began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn, repent of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, Is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For, for food, he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all Judea and all over Jordan Valley, Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. Go on. We are going to nine. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Follow the story. Oh. But when he saw many, 
But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we are safe for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. If I tell you God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Now John preached the word of repentance. And people were coming to be baptized. Because after being repented, you need to be baptized, right? So they were coming to be baptized. And as they came to be baptized, John said to them, Why are you... Note that the people that John, were talking, John was talking to was believers. So you rude brood of vipers. Why are you coming? Why are you coming here now? If truly you have repented, if truly you say that you are a child of God, just like somebody, you know, when they see, like me now, when they see me and they see my dad, they say, you are the true son of your father. Because of the carbon. I remember growing up, my dad is smallish in nature, but me, I'm the I got to this height, I think in SS1 and SS2. I was as tall as this from SS2. I became tall like this, and I never grew taller again. <laughs> See, today. So that, those times, people would come to the house and ask for my dad. I said, I want to see my, my elder brother. I said, my elder brother. Okay. So I'll go and call my elder brother, Gang Gang. So he will come. So the, the, and he will come out and say, ah, that's my elder brother. The man will say, I mean your elder brother. Ha-ha. I said, I don't have any elder brother. This is my elder brother. He said, no, that's your elder brother. That man that drives white Volkswagen. Oh, I said, okay. My elder brother. So I'll go in. I said, my elder brother. Somebody is looking for you. <laughs> so my dad will come out and be looking at them. The man will look at my dad. He will look at me. Oh, I see the carbon now. What am I trying to say? When you say that you are born again, when you say that you are a child of God, when you say that you are a Christian, we should see your fruit. We should see it. So why are you coming? If truly you are truly saved, if truly you have truly repented, bring forth fruit. Let's see it. Let's see your character. Let's see it. Meaning, if we are not seeing it, if we are not seeing those things, those fruits, we should check it again. So that was what John said to these people. So a hard-hearted Christian is one who is set in his ways. Our ways. He's set. Do you know when somebody tells you that this person is set in his ways? It means that he has made up his mind. What, no matter what you say, what he wants to do is what he will do. 
what he wants to do, what he has decided to do. Irrespective of the world that has come to hit him or hit her, he or she stays with it. I won't budge. I won't move. I will do this. So you see, so even when believers sometimes engage in a secret sin, and the word the Lord wants them through a message, either from the pulpit's online message or a book, or even when studying the word, but they harden their heart. They hardened their heart. Before the year ended last month, I was in a family meeting and I was sharing with my family members, both the in-laws and everyone. And you would, the way God spoke to us that day, you would think that, because even me, I was so blessed that I made up my mind of some things. Because just like I was saying that, there are things that the Lord will be warning you about as a child of God that, hey, you need to deal with this. You need to take care of this. So you will remove them. Just like, you know, toothpaste. Toothpaste. You know, when you, you put pressure on a toothpaste, it brings the paste out to your toothbrush. Then you brush. Then when you go on and on and on and on and on, something. <laughs> sometimes when you don't now have toothpaste, you know how you do. How you cut it. Or use your teeth <laughs> and you put the toothbrush inside and scrape everything, scrape everything, especially students. Scrape it, scrape it, scrape everything. That you cannot find a paste there, even for a dog to lick. You won't find it there. That's as as children of God, as Christians of God, when we go through pressures of life, the paste. That is, the works of the flesh that are not supposed to be there, that may be hindering you of life and to have a smooth walk with God. As you go through that pressure, that peace is coming out. I don't know if you're following me. Because when it's there, it will hinder you of your progress and your walk with God. So sometimes don't get ah, angry when you go through some things. Because you are, just, you are just like that toothpaste that God is, that thing that is there. I don't want it to be there because it will hinder you from where I want to take you to. That anger that is there, ah, when that thing comes, to press it, it's bringing the anger out. When there is an opportunity for you to say the truth and the demons of lies are there to make you lie, you swallow it. The other one will come out. So God wants us to have a smooth walk with him, but we must deal with ourselves. There is no father that doesn't want to have a smooth relationship with his children. So in that family meeting, when we finish that meeting, you would, I, I expect that after that meeting, 
you will see changes and fruits of repentance coming forth out of the lives of these people. But after that meeting, in fact, the very next day, <laughs> the very next day, you begin to see the fruits of the flesh and all manners of vices springing forth. And you'll be wondering, what have you just heard? Did you really hear the word? Did the word really penetrate into your heart? Did you receive it with meekness? Because sometimes when the word comes, it comes to address something in your life. But can you really put yourself and open yourself up and say, Lord, I know I have a challenge with this issue. Lord, I open myself up. Address it. And you'll not be feeling bad and saying, ah! You know, sometimes as Christians, we feel that sometimes when the message is being said, ah, na me did they talk about so. Na me did they talk about. That's na, na me, na me. Na me. Why not leave na me and accept the word that is for you? Because if you are not the one that they are talking about, who else we should, we should talk about? No, 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 tell me. Now tell me, no, tell me. We are family members. We in the family will be open-hearted with family members. And you don't feel anything bad when a brother or a sister addresses you about any issue. Now, if I'm your brother and I'm your sister, if I cannot tell you truth and tell you some things, I'm not your brother and I'm not your sister. Family talk. Amen. So when we when pastors come to teach and they bring forth the word and the word comes, you don't accept it. You are in the line or in the process of having your heart hardened. Matthew chapter 23, verse 27. Because even the Lord Jesus preached on the earth and many rejected it. 37. <clears throat> Matthew 23, 37. He said, Oh, Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem. Now, before I go there, the, one of the things that John said to the Pharisees when they came to him in verse 8, he says, don't say that you are children of Abraham. It's like saying now in our day, don't say that I'm a Christian. Don't say that I'm a believer. That's what he's trying to, he was trying to let them know. Don't say that I'm a, I'm a, we are children of Abraham. Therefore, why are you telling us that uh, uh, before you were born, we are in this uh, book's we have been reading it. We have been teaching it. Say, so, O oh, Jerusalem, O oh, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets. Sometimes you think that you don't kill prophets. And stonest them which are sent unto thee. You say, how often would I have gathered thy children together? 
Even as a hen gathered, gathered her chickens under her wings, and you would not. So, from time, God has been trying to bring the people of Israel together as his people. But because of their hard-heartedness, because of their rebellion, because they have rejected the word, it was because prophets came, prophets go. They killed, they stoned, they did all sorts. Because of the word that was coming forth to them. In that time, they killed physically and they stoned physically. In our day, you may not kill physically or stone physically, but in your heart, you are stoning. In your heart, you have killed the person. Even when if Jesus, as Jesus was on the earth preaching and teaching, yet people did not accept the word. They rejected it. Even when that woman, uh, I think in Matthew, Luke, I mean Luke, Luke 16, I think. Let's see Luke 16. Luke 16, 27. Because when the word is coming forth, just like the parable of the soul, I say, so someone says, ah, what? Preach it! Woo! Verse, um, verse, 27. Oh no. This is not the scripture I want to talk about. When that woman said to him and said, said to Jesus and said, God bless the breast that you suck. Please let me look for it. Book 11. Because I know that it's a look. He said, it came to pass, as he spoke these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bear thee, that bear thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. But he said, Ye rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and does what? And keep it. That hears the word of God and keep it. Now, I'm not saying that you don't get excited when the word comes. But after getting excited... What about doing it? What about doing it? So Jesus was trying to let the woman, hey, stop these praises. Because sometimes as pastors, if you are not careful, members can put you into trouble. They come, ah, man, have you had my pastor preach before? Hi! 
Whenever my pastors feel fire, they come down from heaven. But when the fire comes down from heaven, what does the fire do to you? So when the fire comes down, let the fire do something to you. So a proof that your pastor is your pastor and is bringing down fire is that your life is conforming to what he is saying in line with scriptures. If it is not, don't even say that he's your pastor. Because my sheep will hear my voice and they will follow me. My sheep will hear my voice and they will follow me. But the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. You know, just like the rich man and Lazarus. You know, both of them died and the rich man said to Lazarus, Father Abraham, please oh, tell Lazarus to go down. And my family, they are still there. Maybe when somebody from the dead comes, perhaps they will hear and change their ways. How many times? Not today. Abraham knew better. They have the prophets now. They are there. Let them listen. Because the truth of the matter is that if, no, there some people too here in our day now. Some people have said that they've gone to hell. Abby? They came back. People are still hard-hearted. They've gone to heaven. They've gone, some went to heaven. Some went to hell. They came back with the message. And they hear it. And they say there is hell. Oh, hell is real. Oh, heaven is real. Oh, hell is real. Heaven is real. There's a separation. You cannot go there. Neither can you come here. But we can see both. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. He says it's real. But yet, they still harden their heart. That maybe the Bible is just a fairy tale. Maybe it's so real. Now, how do you now know that you have a hadat? One of the things I wrote in my book here is that, my note here. When you see your life going down the drain in prayerlessness. It's so difficult for you to pray now. You are in the process of having a hard heart. You that you used to wake up in the morning, read your Bible, pray. Before you sleep, you pray. You know, sometimes some they relaxed and sleep off by watching Facebook and some other things. No, now tell me, when you now sleep like that, you now wake up in the morning, you are tired, you say, I'm tired. And you sit on your bed, you are trying to pray. You couldn't pray. Because your energy has been sapped over the night because of what you watched before you slept. 
Now imagine, you have slept for six hours. You woke up tired. <laughs> that sleep, six hours sleep is supposed to give you rest and rejuvenate you when you wake up, right? But you now woke up and you're tired. Sir, I'm tired. Oh, all my joints are paining me. I'm so very tired. Now, imagine when you now read or watch a YouTube message about the word of God. You will sleep and have a dream that you are, you are looking for demons to kill. You are looking for them. They are not looking for you. you are the one look, hey, is there any demon here? Is there any demon? You are the one looking for demon now. Demon is not looking for you. Why? Because you have drawn strength from his word. You have drawn strength from his word. So when you see your irregular prayer life and Bible study time, watch it. You are in the process of having a what? A hard heart. Now, if I were you this morning, I would take my phone note or my book because the Lord will be putting some things in your heart and say, you see this one? No, I'll be telling you about this now. So, tick. Work on it. You know, even me. Even me. Even me. You know, I've been telling you about this. Tick. Work on it. You know, I've been telling you about this one. Tick. Work on it. So, the moment he highlights it to you, write it down. Either in your phone or your notebook. And work on it. Because the strength is available today to help you. And sometimes many people go around evangelizing, sharing tracts, doing all sorts of activities in the name of serving God. But if you still don't spend time with God, your personal prayer life, you won't yield much fruit. Because all I'm not, it's good to do activity for God, it's good to do run errands, it's good to do all these things. But you know, please, many times we need to call yourself to order and retreat. And gather strength to come out again. It is needful in this season that we have entered. You know, God has so much for us. Now I'm talking about the church at Oba. God has so much for us to do in this new season that we have entered. But we cannot do it by the flesh. It is by the spirit. So you can only draw strength, true strength from the spirit of God. Because your body or your flesh will always be weak. But your spirit will be willing. Hallelujah. Amen. Now sometimes to when children, Christians and children of God like just, like, just like I was sharing with the prayer team and I think with the elves 
on Friday and I was talking to them about, you know, sometimes now, now companies, individuals will have goals for the year 2024. And I was trying to let them know that as you are having that goals for the year 2024, like financial goals and all that, you should also have spiritual goals. Now, how do you get excited? How do you, do you, how is your attitude like when the word of God is being taught to you? Because when you see how you, you, like for instance, we're singing this morning, when Stas Falaka was singing, the drum today was powerful. No, I was, I was just nodding my head, come on laying. I was just, the drum was just so much. But, you know, I was just, as I was dancing, dancing, I was just, I was just looking around. And I was just seeing some people not dance. I said, ah, is, this something, is something wrong with me? I, I said, okay, let me continue my dancing. So I was dancing. But you didn't know that. As we are Christians like this, if, somebody should give me one popular song that you know. One secular popular song that you know. I'll bring the mic now because I know you know it. And that song plays. You know, to first start like this first. You are seated though, and that song just starts. You just hear the background. You sit down again because when you wanted to start, you remember that you are a Christian. You sat down. Before you know how you did it, not dawned on you. Ah, I'm a Christian. No. Now, if that can move you to dance, which started from your unconsciousness, now why would they not be singing to God and we all, congregation, all of us, to sing and dance to Him? And we want to be whined and cajoled and to be pushed and to sing and to dance. Now, even in the 24th night and the 31st night, where demons do some rubbish. You know, the, the, people that, even while we were growing up there back then, it's only in the 24th and 31st that we are free to go anywhere we like and come back anytime you like. It's like freedom to do evil and come back on sober. You're not sober because today is the day for evil. Today is the day for evil. Because that's how in that 31st night too, that's how you see some people, they are in the church, but they are taking banner. You know they call banner? Yeah. In front of the church, five minutes to 12, they put it down. At the entire side church. Praise the Lord. They to say hallelujah. The moment they step, because now it's 12, they are waiting for 12 midnight. The moment is 12.05. They come out. If that thing is still on fire, they pick it and continue. They continue from there. 
So watch your prayer life. How has it been? You don't say, I'm going to pray. But when they come to meet you, you are sleeping. And you say you are sleeping in the presence of God. Because men always ought to pray. And not faint. Men always ought to pray. And not faint. One other thing again. I want to also see um, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. One other thing that we take in our lives. If you have having or in the process of having a, a hard heart. Check our gossips. Our backbiting. So let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of a defying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Exodus 21, 23, 1. Exodus chapter 23, verse 1. Say, Thou shalt not raise a false report. Put not thy hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. James 1, 26. James 1, 26. He said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious... And breatheth not his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This man's religion is vain. James 4.11 I, I just want to quickly read those scriptures. Speak not evil one of another brethren. He that speaks evil of his own brother and judges his own brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Proverbs 16, 28. Proverbs 16, 28. It says, a forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separates chief friends. Now, if you still gossip when you come to church and these scriptures are being read to you, what do you do? You change. But now, if you now leave this place, having read these scriptures, you are in the process of having a hard heart. Because nothing will come to you that will prick that heart of yours because you have seared it with hot iron. Now, Whenever we are being rebuked by the word, we should have a childlike attitude to receiving the word. Like uh, my son Doron, sometime I even some time ago I even told the mother about it. 
I said, over the years, even when it was two till today, whenever I spank him and I rebuked him, he gets closer to me more. I'm telling you. There was one particular one that he did something very naughty. 23, let me leave us with the other stories. Very naughty. That I spanked him. Do you know what he did? He went to have his bath. You remember? I was in my room sleeping. He went to have his bath. Bait. Because he was sweating. I gave him my dining table chair to carry. That was the punishment. Carry it. Use it to gym. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Use it to gym very well. Since you don't want to have sense. Abby, this chair will give you strength and sense. So when I come out and it will be falling, I say, hey, if, he, if he fall, straight it. He will straight it again. I say, gym, gym. Six packs is coming. Six packs. So I went to sleep. He sweats. He was already in his nighty pajamas. He sweat soaked. So I was just in the room. And he came. I was lying down. And he climbed the bed as I was sleeping. He climbed the bed. He hugged me. I said, Daddy, good night. I love you. I didn't sleep that night. I told him, Mommy, I didn't sleep. I was moved to tears. Now, why was I moved to tears? That is how we should be to God. It's not that God rebukes you. When I say God rebukes you, the word rebukes you. And you run away from him. You distance yourself away. And you say, I will not come to church again. Because the word has rebuked you. You say you will not come to church. You're on your own. Because they rebuke to the truth hits you, hits your heart. To render that heart pierceable so that the word of God will find a place in there and sit there and produce fruit. And you just run away. And while I was there, tears just dropped from my eyes like this. Pop. Tears dropped from my eyes like this. Pop. I just stood up. I sat on my chair. I started studying the word. I didn't tell him. He still does that till today. Till today. They'll pretend that is not at home today. Because of that, daddy flogged me. Daddy said this to me. He's not at home. And I'm right in your presence. I'm not going anywhere. Your imagination will not take me away. If your imagination tries to take me away, I'll use my imagination to bring myself back. I will be in your presence. <laughs> there will be fullness of joy. Now what am I trying to say? When the Israelites were so stiff-necked that Moses was so abba. This God, he's the one that brought you out now. 
I brought you out of Egypt. He fed you. He gave you manna. He did this to you. He did that to you. No, look at your own lives too. How God has kept you thus far. And the same God is rebuking you and telling you this must be dealt with. The same God oh, that fed you. The same God that protected you. The same God that provided for you. The same God that has done every other thing for you. And yet this same person didn't change because it's not a man that he should change. He's bringing something to you that is of more importance to him. He said, we need to work on this. Say, Lord, stay your lane. Let me stay my lane. In that moment, we should come with a heart of repentance to him. And say, Lord, help me. I know I've been trying to deal with this issue for a long time. I can't do it myself. Help me. This issue of phone, help me. Help me. Issue of talk. Last week, my children, they, they talk, I, 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 I'm not sure they took it from me. Because I don't talk plenty. I'm not a talk talk. Except maybe I, it's, it's something that I'm interested in. Like as I'm teaching now, I can talk for the next three hours. But I'll not talk for the next three hours. I can talk. My children, they can't talk. So some days ago, I think on the second, on the first, I told them that, you see, tomorrow, when you greet me, Daddy Nigbia, in my dialect, and I say, Ulegwe, it means, did you sleep well? And their response would be, Ogokwa, I sleep, the, the, the dawn, don't break. I said, after you do that, don't talk to me. <laughs> so when they woke up in the morning, Daniel first came. He first thought, 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 oh, hi. I said, no, you can't greet me, greet me, greet me. He greeted me. So when he greeted me, I said, I was going to say, you know, you're not talking again. So Doron came, so he too came. He greeted me. I answered, they responded. I said, I reminded them. Say, you know, they are not talking today. I'm going to be practicing that in my house often. Because it helped my, it, I, I was saying for some hours. No, I, I was saying for some hours. I didn't shout too much. That I, I was, for, for some hours, I was... I could read, I could listen to my message, I could, I could do some things that are good for me. I could do them. But after like three, two, three hours, ah, uh, yeah. The house was upside down. So we need to learn and ask God to help us with our heart. The way we get so excited and doing things for your business and for your work, can you be so excited like that to do things for God in this year? Like a heart. To know what is taking your attention more. 
See, as good as this thing is, it takes more attention than you know it. Just like Pastor was sharing some time ago that we, uh, well, I don't, was it Pastor or somebody that said he entered the bus and everybody just brought out food. I used to see it a lot. The moment you went, nobody's looking up again. Everybody's on his phone that they won't forget their bus stop. They don't even mind trekking back to their bus stop. What keeps them busy to get back to the bus stop is still the phone. Because as soon as they are lighter from the bus, they keep checking the phone. Till they get back to the bus stop. And your heart is not in a right state where the word of God will come in. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. We need to guard our heart because the devil is after it. He is happy when you come to the word, to church and you hear the word of God and you go back the same. He's happy about it. But he's not happy when you hear the word and you decide to do something with the word. Because he knows what the word will produce for you. He knows. So today, myself, yourself, everyone, we are having our deliverance today of being hard-hearted. That as the word of God comes in any area of your life, whether in the area of your marriage, whatever area it is, the word of God will address it and when you leave this place, you will change. Hebrews 3.15 He said, while it is said today if you will hear his voice he says what? Harden not your heart as in the provocation Now today, now today, today, as you are hearing the word, you say, hard not your heart. Please, can you put that in an NLT? Let's just say it quickly. NLT, Hebrews 3.15. He said, remember what it says today. When you hear his voice, don't harden your heart as Israel did when they rebelled. When they rebelled. So you look at their lives so that you learn from them. That okay, these are the ways they interacted, communicated, fellowship with the Lord. 
and the other, this is how they, their hearts were being added, even when Moses comes from God and God gives him an instruction and he takes the instruction to the people and they yet still don't follow the instructions and Moses will cry and go to God and ask God for forgiveness on their behalf. But today, Jesus Christ is seated at, at the right hand of God, the Father making intercessions for us today. You know, but we have a responsibility not to hide our heart. Because it says, harden not your heart. So it's my responsibility. That when the word comes, I am moved. The same way as I gave the illustration of how music moves you when you sit. And you listen to it, it starts moving your... You should move. You should move. Coming to Jesus is not, is not politics as we vote our perceived preferred candidates. No. Choosing Jesus is knowing him eternally. And to love him eternally. Know him eternally. And love him eternally. It's not politics. It's not democracy. That you now vote for Jesus. No. It's your lifestyle. Because somebody died for you. He paid his life as a ransom on your behalf. What you just need to do in response is to respond to his love that he has extended towards you by dying on the cross. And to live your life for him. Many things will come for our attention. Many things will try to drag your attention. But sirs and mas, in this season that we have entered, the Lord will help us. So I pray that I do not find myself in a state where my heart is hard-hearted. Just like Pharaoh hardened his heart. After he had received some freedom of the plagues that came to him in Exodus chapter 8. He has had some laughs, some freedom so to say. And he hardened his heart. So I pray today for myself and for us we'll not have that state of mind in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Exodus chapter 34 verse 8 the Bible says that Moses made a haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. I pray and he prayed to God. He said, I prayed for these stiff-necked people. Pardon them their iniquity and their sin. Even in our marriages today and some other things that we have found ourselves to be doing as a spouse, 
it's time to repent. It is very important, especially in marriage. Imagine if husband and wife are in the same state. Like two stories now. In Acts chapter 5 about uh, Ananias and Sapphira. You know, they both agreed. They both agreed that, okay, when we sell, just like the other people have sold, and they brought to the apostles' feet, when we said to, let's not, let's just keep some for ourselves. They agreed. Because if the wife had said, Malga, please, let's not do this. This is an abomination to God. Let's not do this. She wouldn't die. But the man's heart was set already. So when he died, and the woman too came, and Peter said, the same way they carried your husband, that's how they will carry you too. And they carried her too. But another story too with Abraham. When Sarah told Abraham to go and sleep with his, uh, his uh, mistress, um, a maid, Hagar, so that he can, he can have a son or an heir. And Abraham, Abraham obeyed. So, but because he acted in, by the flesh, he got the result of the flesh. But the same Sarah again said, after having Isaac now, said to Abraham, chase them away. But when Abraham went to God, God said, listen to who? To your wife. That she's saying the right thing. Listen to her. You see, two different things. Now, what am I trying to say? When you are, your heart is not in the process of being hard-hearted, when the true word of God comes, it will enter and produce. Just like the story of Ananias and Sapphira. He was just, ah, no, let me just impress these people. After selling that, I'll just give them this what I have, this is what I sold, and just let everybody face their life, let everybody move on. But two of us, as couple, that's why we need to talk to ourselves and say the truth to ourselves. So that our head will be straight as we have a walk with God. Hallelujah. Now I want us to look at the story of David, I mean, um, Stephen as we round off. In Stephen's story, in Acts chapter 6 from verse 1. He said, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of disconnect, discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows are being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Go on. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers, they said, we apostles... 
should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we, are, we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and the rest of them. I just wanted us to see that. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. But if you go to verse um, 8, let's go to 8. He said, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. He performed amazing miracles, signs among the people. Go on. But one day, some men from the synagogue of freed slaves. As, but one day, some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started a debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom. And the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen. Saying, we heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. They said, we heard him. Verse 11. 11. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, we had him blaspheme, if, again, I mean, a, a blaspheme Moses and God. That was his crime. They lied about him. Now go to Acts 7, verse 1. He said, and the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? Are they true? Go on. See Stephen's response. This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and fathers. He recognized them as his brothers and his fathers. He said, listen to me, our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Aran he took them back to Abraham how the journey began how it all started remember we read in Matthew chapter 23 how God has been trying it was oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I've been trying to gather all of you as the chicken gathers the egg, the, the, the chicks he said God told him leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Aaron until his father died. Now Stephen was trying to tell them that God began something with Abraham but he stopped halfway. He stopped halfway. God was trying to do something with him. Was trying to have a walk with him and he stopped. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Aaron until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. Meaning Abraham was not in that land before. Go on. But God gave him, gave him no inheritance here. Not even one square foot of land. 
God did, God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land will belong to Abraham and his descendants. Even though he had no children yet. God also told him that his descendants will live in a foreign land where they would be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. He began to give them history. Tell them story of how God has been trying to deal with them. One. He said, but I will punish the nation that enslaves them, God said. And in the end, they will come out and worship me here. You see? But I want to make an allusion to this. He said, God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day. And, and, and the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob. And when Jacob became the father of, you see? Verse 9. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph. And they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him. I want us to follow the thoughts of Stephen. Go on. He said, and rescued him from all his troubles. Because we are all reading this together. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom. So that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all Egypt. And put him in charge of the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery and misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons and ancestors to buy some. You see how God was moving with them. He said the second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Go on. Then Joseph sent for his father Jacob and all his relatives to come to Egypt. 75 persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb Abraham had bought for a certain price for Hamas' sons in Shechem. As the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. He knew nothing at all. And I'm asking myself, is it that he truly didn't know anything about Joseph or he chose not to know about Joseph? Because for a king, a king should be taught histories of past kings and who walk with other past kings so that they know what has been happening from time before they became king themselves. So did he really not know anything about Joseph? Or the promise must be fulfilled. Let's go on. He said, this king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies. At that time, Moses was born. A beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And he was powerful in both speech and action. But there was a time Moses said, he's a man. <laughs> so, one day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives. 
the people of Israel. Go on. He saw an Egyptian mistreating Israel, an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed this fellow, his fellow Israelites, we realize that God we are coming. Would realize we realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but didn't but they didn't. The next day, he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you a ruler and judge over us? He asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses had that, he fled, when Moses had that, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There, his two sons were born. Forty years later, in the desert, near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of fire. Of a burning bush, rather. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As he, sent, as he went to take a closer look, the voice of the Lord called out to him, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses shook with terror and did, and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groans and have come down to rescue them. Now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. Now, are we following this? Stephen was trying to let the Israelites know that God has always wanted to bring them. And it began from Abraham. But something was keeping them. Something was always being in between them and God. So God sent, sent back the same man his people had previously rejected. When they demanded, who made you a ruler and a judge of us? Through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush. God, said to, God sent Moses to be their ruler and savior. And by means of many wonders and miracle, miraculous signs, he led them out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, through the wilderness for 40 years. Moses himself told the people of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Moses was with our ancestors, the assembly of God's people in the wilderness. When the angel spoke to him at Mount Sinai, and there, and there, Moses received the life-giving words to pass on to us, but our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. Is the story tiring? It's about our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. They rejected him and wanted to return to Egypt. Go on. They told Aaron, make us some gods who can lead us for we don't know what has become of this moses who brought us out of egypt so they made an idol shaped like a calf and they sacrificed to it and celebrated over this thing they made they had made then god turned away from them and abandoned them to serve the stars of heaven and as their gods in the book of the prophets it is written was it to me you were bringing sacrifice and offerings during those 40 years in the wilderness Israel 
No, you carried your pagan gods, the shrine of Molech, the star of your god. You see, they carried baggages. Remember Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. So I will send you into exile as far away as Babylon. Our ancestors carried the tabernacle with them through the wilderness. It was constructed according to the plan God has shown Moses. Years later, when Joshua led our ancestors in battle against the nations that God drove out this land, the tabernacle was taken with them into new territory. And it stayed there until the time of King David. Go on. David found favor with God and asked for the privilege of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who actually built it. However, the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human hands. Remember they said that he blasphemed. And as the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as God as that, as good as that? Ask the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both heaven and earth? You stubborn people. You are heaven and a heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? Have in mind that Stephen was talking to Christians. Believers. Children of God, the Most High. He said, you are so stubborn because when you reject my word, you are, you are showing fruit of stubbornness. He said, that's what your ancestors did. What you are doing now. They did it in the past, in the past. In yesteryears, they did it. And now you are also showing the same trait. Does it not look like how some Christians live today? The same thing. He said, name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. Now tell me one that they didn't persecute. <laughs> it was, in, that time I read Stephen's story, my mind is always, wants to fly to leave my body. Because here is somebody who is before the council and he knows that since they lied to him that he, was, he blasphemed, that the next thing is death. And yet he was preaching. And it took this long to preach from Abraham. He said, they even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law. Deliberately. You know how some of us will deliberately sin and say, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive my sins. Let me just do this thing today. Ah, I've been targeting this babe for a long time. Now that, they, now that I have the opportunity, let me just do it first today. When I do it, I will apologize. I will say, I'm sorry. Deliberately. They disobeyed God's law. Even though you received it from the hands of angels. He said the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation. And they shook their fists at him in rage. That's how some people they get offended and leave church when the truth of God's word is preached. You will not see this kind of opportunity. I will not even avail myself for this 
truth to be t- for you to be telling me this nonsense. I won't even come again. You won't see me again. He said they, 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 they held their fists like in rage. It's as if they should just bring it. Let us finish this thing once and for all. Please go on. He said, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he... Come up. And he told them, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. When he said, look, nobody was seeing it all. But him. Because they were not in the same place. They were not in the same place at all. He said, then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. You know why they put their hands in there? They don't want to hear again. They don't want to hear. That's how, see, sometimes we do these things unconsciously, but with a different attitude different ways when the truth of God comes and is coming to you you just turn off no, 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 I don't want to listen to this one this one is not for me it's for them the word of God in its entirety is for everyone and he says then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of one young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, this receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that... Then eh, he died. But thank God that one man was there who saw your sin, who saw, who experienced everything, and that instruct that man. They struck that man, and when that man left and he was going on his way to Damascus, a light shone from heaven, and it fell from the horse. And he got blind and he was asking, what is this? Is this Lord? Who is this? He said, yes, I'm the Lord. I'm the one that you have been persecuting. I'm the one that your heart has been so hardened that the word of truth has not found a place to enter into your heart. And you have been fighting the wrong fight. Where you should put your, what you should do, you don't know what you are doing. You are doing the wrong thing. And God called his attention. As he is calling our attention today, that we should have a heart of flesh towards his word. Now when you hear the word of God and it comes and it's trying to talk to your heart and to speak to you about unforgiveness. You see, when, when, you're, when, you, have, when you feel hurt about something about, or somebody and you hear the word of God, the word of God comes to you so powerfully and is talking to your heart to forgive and you still leave that same place going. You have just started a process of being hard-hearted. Because when the word keeps coming like that and you're not finding a place to let go, the word will not find a place again to rest. 
Because as you keep doing that, as you keep doing that over and over and over again, you are searing your heart with a hot iron. You are searing it. Mark 11.25. I'm going to read a few scriptures. Because this morning was what I just wrote down for what we're going to be praying about. We want to pray now. It's about when you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Before you come praying, forgive anyone that you are holding a a grudge against. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Somebody should read it for me, so I'll be fast. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Mm. 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 Along with every form of malice, mm. be kind mm. and compassionate to one another, mm. forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. Amen. He said, Get rid. Who is getting rid? No, answer me. Who is getting rid? You. You are the one that will get rid of it. Now, if you don't get rid of it, it, can, it may get rid of you. If you don't get rid of it, it will get rid of you. That's why sometimes some Christians have imprisoned themselves without forgiveness. You can be in prison and yet you don't know it. And one of the fastest ways to be in prison as a child of God, as a Christian, is to live in unforgiveness. I just told you a story about myself and my son. How I would beat, smack him like this, that he will come to me, give me a hug. He will sleep on me like that. If Doron, maybe he's just allowing you people. If Doron hug you, <laughs> you will know that somebody hugged you. He doesn't hug with one hand. He will hug you, me. His hand will cross you. If anything is obstructing, he will, by himself, he will remove it. He used to do that to pastor when he was much younger, two years, three years, you remember? When he wants to greet pastor, pastor will bend and he will pull pastor's ear. Come, come low. Pastor too will obey. <laughs> and he will give pastor a big hug. Colossians 3, verse 13. He said, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive. I like that one. He said, you must. It's not, a negotiation. It's not negotiable. We can't negotiate it. You must. Husband and wife, you must. Hi, yeah, yeah. 
You know, sometimes when this woman does something like this, what am I saying? As a child of God, sometimes there are some things that, is in, that are in your heart that you need to, you are the one that will get rid of it. So we are buying our heads this morning and we are praying. Lord, is there anyone, a spouse, an uncle, a brother, a sister, a friend, a colleague that has hurt me? I do not want to have a hard heart. I want to let go. And when I say I want to let go, I want to let go indeed. I want, I want to get rid of it. He said, make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offends you. He said, remember because you might forget that God too forgave you. Because you, you can forget. So when you remember that God forgives your sins, you should also forgive the sin of anyone who offends you. Because that can lead you, if you don't, it can lead you on a path of hard-heartedness. And you never know what you would miss. As a child of God, if you live in unforgiveness, it robs you of your spiritual growth. It robs you of so many things that the Lord wants to give to you. So you need to let go this morning. And finally let go. Finally let go. So the Lord will give you a heart of flesh. The heart of flesh is a, flesh, a heart that is responsive to the word of God. Is responsive to the word of God. When the word of God comes, it responds. It responds. Lord, as your word has come to us this morning, we ask Almighty Father that you cleanse us. Your word has come to purify us. It has come to sanctify us. It has come to cleanse us. Lord. If we have any grudge in our heart against anyone. It may not be here. It may be here. Spouse. Colleague. Business partners. Whoever they may be. Today Lord. We bring them. To your feet. We let go. We let go. Because we know that you have forgiven us our sins. Not once, not twice. That even Peter came to Jesus and asked, if my brother offend me, how many times? Jesus said, 70 times 7. That means as many times as possible in a day that your brother offends you. Father, we let go this morning that we may have a true heart.
that is responsive to your word. We thank you, righteous Father, that you cleanse us and we stand with your word. And at this new season that we have entered, we will walk in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We receive strength today. We receive strength today. Well, we feel lighter today because we have, got, we have gotten rid of it. We feel lighter this morning. Blessed be to your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.